0: This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 1, Maidenhead United (laughs) 1. Well, that's quite something, wasn't it, again? Games at the racecourse are really stacking up to be memorable every single time. A hugely controversial match, a magnificent performance by Wrexham, and an amazingly frustrating conclusion. There ain't no justice, I think, is probably the... The lesson to learn from this match. Not least because. And I'm sorry. But Maidenhead were horrible. And didn't deserve to get an injury time equaliser. But anyway. Let's go through it. And I'll i will spread sour grapes around. Wrexham with an unchanged team. On a blustery day at the race course. And started well. But fourth minute came the moment that changed the game. A historic moment. But not the sort of history we wanted. Paul Mullen becoming the quickest player to get sent off for Wrexham. Four minutes in, the ball dropping in the centre circle, Mullen making a high late challenge on Josh Smile, and the referee, must well, his body language seemed to imply he was looking for a yellow. But he consulted his linesman and then produced a red card. Wrexham were furious, Mullen was livid, he has tweeted since saying that he slipped and he couldn't help it. Um, I've got to be honest and say the footage is not very helpful. There's only the main camera angle, there's no other angles, and to be frank, it's it's quite hard to tell what happened from that angle. By the way, that makes this a real problem for Mullen if he tries to appeal, or hopes to appeal, because there's very little to contradict what the officials have given. My take on it, I've got to be honest, is that at the time, I thought, ooh, high, late, and hard. (sighs) That's a decision for the ref, red or yellow. It does seem that Smile was getting treated on his rib cage, And ultimately, I I don't really have a complaint about the decision. I I think even if it's accidental, the rules really don't make allowances for that. I didn't really think Mullen was trying to go for the man. He may well have slipped, but having made contact like that, It was always very possible that you could get a red card. The referee had a stinker, but I think that decision probably was right, if I'm honest. But I did have a stinker, as we'll go on, and it did start from here, because the crowd, as you can imagine, were livid at the referee. They were angry at Smile, and, like I said, maidenhead were deeply unpleasant, and they were remarkably provocative and so the crowd was stirred up, and quite frankly, I think it really helped Wrexham, because the team were determined to try and deal with their having now 86 minutes to play with 10 men, and they were stoked on by the crowd, and, and should have won it. Admittedly, the first good chance fell to Maidenhead, just after the 10th minute, a really good play by Emile Acqua, their big target man, to hold the ball up and flick it into the left channel, where Kelly, who's a dangerous striker, played very well, and scored the winner when we were up at Maidenhead earlier this season, ran at Toza, Really good change of feet to make a little bit of space because Toes are so good in those situations and just closing down the space and not giving the player a chance to get a shot off. And he drilled a shot from about six yards which skimmed the bar t- Linkton looked to have it covered but it was a, it was a w- early warning shot. However, Wrexham then took control of the game. It began with a lovely piece of play by Young, intercepting a super first touch as well in midfield. He spread quickly to the right-hand side. Hall-Johnson swung a lovely cross to the far post, and Palmer, eight yards out, just couldn't steer it on target. But a, a, a promising moment, and a couple, of years later, a couple of years later, a couple of minutes later, but the game did drag with ten men, uh, came another... Uh, A promising moment Hall Johnson running at his full back and drawing a yellow card as his shirt was pulled as he burst past him the free kick was poked short by Davis and Young went driving towards the edgy area ripped another lovely far post cross of great shape on it Cleworth on full stretch inside the six yard box made contact with it but couldn't control his touch and the ball was scrambled clear it was a temporary reprieve because a minute later Wrexham had the lead a throw in from Tozer on the right hand side Slung into the six-yard box, Hayden getting up tremendously to head the ball across the keeper. The goalkeeper, Yoloi, made a brilliant attempt to save it, it's got to be said. It was so close range, and Hayden put real power on the header, but he could only claw it into the side netting. Wrexham continued to push on, and shall we say this is where Wrexham lost it? Because we were more than one goal better than Maidenhead in the first half, but failed to put that onto the actual score. An excellent move. End is with Jordan Davis getting the ball on the right flank and heeling the ball, taking three defenders out of the game and laying Cleworth on. pulled the ball back nicely. He was looking, for, I think, for James Jones at the near post. He couldn't quite make contact. Hall Johnson stretching backwards in front of an open goal. Did well to get a, a decent left foot on it, but couldn't steer it on target. It went just wise. It was unlucky. Holt some loves making those runs and he scored a couple of goals doing that and the only reason he didn't look to get on the end of the cross was because he thought Jones was going to and gambled on attacking a six-yard box. A change in direction and then scooping it on target was just beyond him. But Rexham continued to dominate. Rexham's midfield were on top of it. They were using the wall intelligently. Cleworth again. Went charging forwards and got round the back of a defence this time a lovely chip down the line by Jordan Davis to release him. And he swung in a lovely cross which was just beyond Palmer as he tried to attack the six yard box. Still the pressure continued. a short corner, Davis driving up from the corner flag, getting to the edge of the area and smashing in a shot which was heading for the bottom right corner but was deflected by a defender six yards out for another corner. Although there was... A sign that Maidenhead had something in them in added time. When Clarema slung in a throw, which missed everybody in the goal mouth and bounced through to Kelly at the far post. Close range chance, but a combination of Hosanna and Hall Johnson. I think more Hall Johnson. Uh, but Hosanna there a Hayden and Hall Johnson managed to get there and make a superb block to stop Kelly's shot from going in. So half-time, Wrexham pretty comfortable in all honesty despite being down to 10 men for pretty much the whole half and very very impressive Midnight came out strongly at the start of the second half though a corner flicked on and from a tight angle Kelly drilled it on target it's a super save by Lington, who'd had to get across the width of the goal to make himself big and block it behind for another corner moments later ke- uh, across from the dangerous Kelly and this time it was Aqua lunging in who just couldn't quite reach it uh, in front of goal However, Wrexham started to pull themselves together Started to retain possession a bit better And started to get more of a grip on the game again There was a a lovely moment on the break When Davis came bursting forward Nutmegged his man And then, unluckily for Wrexham He played the right pass to Hall-Johnson On the right side of the box But just delayed it a touch And put it behind him a tiny bit So Hall-Johnson had to check his momentum To make sure he took the ball under control and his chance to feed something early into Palmer was gone. However, he did dig out a chip to the far post, and Palmer, getting up well, met it with a powerful header back across, but the the angle was just too much for him in the end, and it went over the bar. But Wrexham continuing to make the running in the second half. Hall johnson with some super persistence on the right flank, battling away to keep a move going, and finally managing to work the ball to Palmer, he swept in across and Davis, six yards out with a little stooping header, just couldn't get enough on it. It flashed across the goal and went just wide of the far post. Davis would have another headed chance soon afterwards, a long throw from Toza. Davis tacking a lovely movement, movement by Wrexham. Davis managed to lose his man, attack the near post and look for a glancing header. And again, couldn't quite get onto it. And the ball flashed across the face of goal and wide of the far post. Also, there was another scramble, quarter of an hour to go. Wrexham winning a free kick on the goal line as Davis got round the back of the fence, brilliantly dispossessing Massey, who rugby tackled him as he was running into the area. No card. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Davis ripped the ball into the goal map with power. Hayden trying to make an overhead kick about a yard out, couldn't make proper contact, and again the ball was scrambled clear. Wrexham looking good. Ten minutes left. They brought on Kwame Thomas, to relieve Palmer, who had been outstanding in the second half, holding the ball up, playing people in, creating and looking like a threat. And Wrexham found that slowly things were starting to to turn as Maidenhead took chances. They sent a centre foot back up front and started to put Wrexham under a bit more pressure. Wrexham starting to just launch clearances rather than play out constructively. However, we got past the 90th minute with Wrexham still one up and with their goal in the second half pretty unthreatened since that early flurry. But the danger started then to stack up. In the first minutes of added time, Barrett took a short throw, got it back, and then drove in across. James Jones got across to him and tried to get a block on it, but the ball spun off his foot viciously landed in the goal mouth and Laynton would if there wasn't any spin on it from a deflection, would have just taken it comfortably. But the, the, the spin on it made it leap and rear nastily, like a Shane Warne leg break. And Laneton had to push the ball over the bar. Fairly routine save, but he couldn't have a chance to hold on to it. And the pressure continues, finally leading from that corner to the goal. The ball was cleared by Wrexham, but the goalkeeper... Put it, straight, put it back in. A long ball forward. So I suppose let, let's break it down in terms of what went wrong. <coughs> Jordan Davis had only Kwame Thomas ahead of him and drove a long clearance, which was a, a little bit neither one or the other. He sort of drove her a bit too straight. If he drilled it to the corner flag, it would have given us more time to get out. If he drilled it at Thomas himself, it might have given us a chance to... um for him to make a challenge, but he sort of drilled it you know, between the two stools and it went through to the keeper who could get the play quickly going back into Wrexham's half. Long balls knocked in. There was a bit of an overload on the right hand side for from, from Maiden there. And McAlyndon decided to come in to try and challenge Claremont for, for the header about 30 yards out. Claremont's a big, solid bloke. And he won the header and flicked it on. And so Maidenhead had men over. It dropped on the right-hand side to Upwood. The other spare man went in to attack the six-yard box. Upward swept in a really good court cross. Now, the problem is, of course, Claret's had to come across now to cover for McAlinden, Because the left wing-back is out of the game. Uh, that left Wrexham sort of with two-marking three, really there was a man coming in beyond Hayden on the far post. There was the th- second person on the overload attacking the near post which drew Tozer out a bit and that left a gap between them. And the, the substitutes, Mich- Mich- Sean McCausley, uh, attacked that space, great cross by upwards. And the free header, at close range, he wasn't going to miss it. He scored. And the whole place just became deflated, like sticking a pin in a, in a balloon. Like I said, the atmosphere... Was fabulous. The fans were amazing, and the players responded and were also fabulous. Were also amazing. It was heartbreaking. Now Jordan Davis had a brilliant charge from the kick-off to the edge of the maidenhead area, but there was there was no chance. I've got to say, referee in maidenhead now. Okay, having gone through the events, and I will come back to the positivity and go through Rexham's performances. Oh, well. The ref was just so frustrating. He made a number of peculiar decisions. I felt that sometimes he was making decisions based on players' appeals. I felt that sometimes he was making decisions based on crowd reactions. And like I said, Wrexham were the ones getting the benefit for that. Um, uh, It it just didn't impress me. I'm not arguing about the red cards. I'm not arguing about the one yellow card Wrexham picked up, back dangling his leg out and tripping his man. But there were some peculiar ones, like upwards going right through the back of Hall Johnson, who'd nicked the ball off him. It was a two-on-two break, rexman in a brilliant position, upwards taking him out from behind, lunging in. But he jumps up straight away, claiming that he didn't touch him. He definitely did, it was right in front of me. And the ref doesn't buck him, just gives the free kick. I mean, it's such a cast iron yellow. And then another absolute cast iron yellow, the one I referred to earlier. Massey, trying to run the ball behind for a corner, Davis doing really well to nick in around the side and actually get the ball off him. And he's now running into the box down the goal line with players in support. This is a, you know, borderline clear goal scoring opportunity. Massey can't trip him, so he grabs hold of him and just pulls him to the floor. The ref gives the foul. The linesman didn't, bizarrely. And he doesn't book Massey. I mean, if that's not a yellow card, what is So frustrating. I suppose Wrexham's frustration, if it has any grounds, is that Mullen didn't get that benefit of the doubt, I suppose. But anyway, the other side of it was Maidenhead. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've, until this season, I've had a bit of soft spot for Maidenhead. I've enjoyed going there. They, Alan Devonshire has done playing some nice football. But, oh, my word, they were horrible. They were really horrible. I mean, Mullen's red card, the moment a challenge happens. And don't get me wrong, I like seeing players stick up with their teammates. But three of them charged a the ref really aggressively. It didn't feel like the sort of natural response of players when they see something It was more looked like a preconceived, whenever someone gets a rough challenge, we, we mob the ref. Oh, they really went for the ref. I didn't like that. And then from then on, they just continued like that. There was an awful lot of, of play acting. Uh, something that really irks me, maybe for a different reason from everyone else. The, the play acting where you go down holding your head Now, there were some really silly ones where where clearly there was nothing going on. And to be fair to the ref, he saw through most of them. What annoys me about that is it it puts doubt in the referee's mind as to whether a head injury is real. And one of these days, a player's going to get seriously hurt or die because he has got a bad head injury. And he's thinking, well, players just pretend they've hurt their heads because it stops the game automatically, so I'll carry on. You know, I I don't understand. I know you want to win... At all costs, or well maybe all costs is a bit too much, you know. You could be endangering someone's life by creating a situation where referees can't trust someone going out holding their head, if you see what I mean. But there were some embarrassing cases uh, upwards, particularly guilty of that. Really embarrassing. Smile got involved with the crowd on a few occasions. At one point, he seemed to be mocking somebody in the crowd. I assume that they're fat, making a big sort of fat man gesture, you know, it was, it was that was embarrassing again if you shout abuse at someone I don't think you can complain if you get it back but I think players need to be a little cautious on that Donnellan got a yellow card when Maidenhead scored he was celebrating in the six yard box then suddenly jumped up opened his arms out and just sprinted at the Wrexham fans in the Wrexham lager stand and got you know, all style it was deeply deeply unpleasant so to be fair the referee saw it and bucked him um, but they were a really un- un- horrible team then there was the bizarre uh, incident at the end where somebody in the executive boxes went on a two-minute tirade shouting at them uh, as the crowd were emptying out. In fact, the crowd emptied out quite slowly, I think, because they wanted to watch the show. But the fact is Maidenhead warmed down in front at first of the Rex rent and then were warming up in an area where the Wrexham fans were quite close. And they were reacting to it. They were goading it a bit. It it was all left a bad taste in the mouth, I've got to be honest, and I'm surprised because they're not normally that sort of club, but yeah, it wasn't nice. And so, you know, I don't want to let in a goal in the 92nd minute, but it'd have to be to them. Oh, But anyway, let's get back to the positivity. Rexon's performance was excellent. Rexon really did well. Um, and having gone down to 10 men, it was a, a terrific response to, to still be in control of pretty much all the game. Linton made some good sharp saves and should be pleased with that. They didn't couldn't didn't have a chance with the goal. Hayden again, rock solid, apart from his goal, did really, really well. Um I'm I am I'm, I'm torn now whether with a nickname I'm desperate to popularise for him. I'm we call him the Red Baron. Is he the Red Aaron? I don't know. I'm gonna have to work this out. Two's are rock solid alongside him again in, in command and Cleworth had another good game at left centre back and got forwards on occasion very well too The wing backs, Hall Johnson I thought Hall Johnson was a little slack on the ball in the first half made a few mistakes but also whipped in a couple of good crosses then the second half did some excellent defensive work so he stepped it up well in the second half MacAlinden again more defending to do this time naturally than against Grimsby he did it pretty solidly Although that header he lost, which led to the goal, I'm not blaming him for that. Defenders can lose headers, and he's not really a defender, um, but maybe shows why, although I think he's a smashing option to have a left wing-back, especially when we're going at a game, that, that maybe we shouldn't be looking permanently at, at that as his position. But he did a good game. He, he worked exceptionally hard. He made a couple of good thrusts down the line. He's very assured in his ability to beat somebody for pace, and he does that very well. In midfield again the unit works extremely well I and mean, we hats off to James Jones who that sort of game suits him. There's all the ugly stuff people don't notice. There's twenty yard sprints late in the game because his stamina is so good, to force a defender to knock the ball long and give it away rather than Maiden a possession. Because as Maiden then start to take control of the game, you know, we dropped off a bit more. Jones did well to disrupt that with that sort of play. Made some good supporting runs. His passing was on and off. But his ability to close down, to chase down everything in these sorts of games when you're a man short, absolutely invaluable. And so without sparkling on the ball, Jones was important for us, very important for us. Nobody, nobody could turn and suggest he let them down. Uh, Jordan Davis and Luke Young were really impressive and, and we unanimously in the commentary team went for Luke Young as man of the match. He was everywhere, he was driving play forwards from a slightly deeper position in the first half. He, he, he spread the play intelligently as well, young at his best. And Davis had some beautiful creative moments, uh, which didn't quite come off, or when he did come off, the, the passing didn't match up to it, but Davis was fighting away and constantly probing, it was good to see. Up front, well, Mullen didn't last long, obviously, and Palmer put in a super shift up front, especially in the second half. First half, he wasn't getting as much service. Second half, he was outstanding, the way he was uh, holding the ball up, the way he used it, the crosses he was putting in. Um, In in some ways, that second half is the best 45 minutes of of the four 45 minutes he's put in for us. Although, just to even confuse that sentence more, it was 35 minutes. And there's an interesting one. So Kwame Thomas came on for the last 10 minutes, which I've got to say, big man for big man up front makes sense, but he is a... Just a little question for everyone to ponder. Should we have made more use of our bench as we were down to 10 men from the fourth minute? Did we need to put fresh legs on? Nobody deserved to come off in terms of their performance. And I'm not advocating anybody let us down, but just in terms of freshening things up and maybe running the clock down late on, should we have broken things? I'm breaking and breaking Maidenhead's head's rhythm as they started to get control of possession the last 10 minutes. Maybe we should have been just doing that a bit. I actually felt that, although that centre-forward for center forwards, when well, only been playing with 10-man change, is the obvious one, I'm not 100% sure it was the one to go for. Because Palmer was doing really well in the second half, I didn't really think he was looking leggy. And although Thomas is very good at holding the ball up in those situations, um, maybe I'd have stuck with Palmer, you know. I'm just looking at the bench and thinking, McClendon's not a specialist, left wing-back, green... Could come on to replace him. French is a set defensive player who could stiffen things up wherever you put him. I just wonder whether he maybe missed a trick not to have French as the extra body in the box. Not to maybe have Green just to relieve McLinden who'd put a hell of a good shift in. They all put a good shift in. I just wonder if we might have been cute. But the bottom line is I'm I'm saying that reluctantly, just because I feel I should analyse everything I can. Because the truth of the matter is Rexum were terrific. And Phil Parkinson will be extremely proud of their efforts. So we dropped two points, but it was a sort of performance that strong teams put in. So I, I don't feel disheartened. I feel more saddened that it was made who you got the two points, because if ever a team just didn't deserve it on the basis of how they behaved, it was yesterday. But anyway, Wrexham deserved a win. And if they keep playing like that, we'll be challenging for the title, no question about that. But the final score of Wrexham 1, Maidenhead United 1, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC and please remember as I just forgot to mention, straight after the games we'll be putting out our hot take podcast so you can get a quick flavour of what happened and then later on we'll do this in a bit more detail as well so we can do that. Remember, watch out for our commentaries on Wrexham Player as well. And Dragonheart will be coming up on Friday. And I'm sure red cards will be a subject for conversation. I worked out last night, after 30 games of a season, there have only been two seasons where Wrexham have had more men sent off than this one. So, hmm, we maybe need to address that. And all in the first half as well, except for David Jones, which was actually only pretty much relevant when we still went on to win the game. So, plenty to chew over, chaps. And Will Ferrell. If you're going to come over and commentate with us, drop me a line, mate. You know my number. This is the Final Whistle Podcast with the Rexham AFC media team.